Welcome back to the John Morris Show on ESPN Central Texas. It was a surreal moment. It means the world to me because I love Baylor so much. Honestly, I am, I'm humbled and I am honored. I was extremely elated. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I got goosebumps. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty big honor. It's time now for a visit with an electee from the Baylor Athletic Hall of Fame. Now here's John Morris with one of Baylor's all-time greats. Back with us as we continue on the John Morris Show and continue to uh, visit with and honor those who've been selected to the Baylor Athletics Hall of Fame and Wall of Honor for this year. Now, uh, the Hall of Fame sort of speaks for itself. The Wall of Honor recognizes uh, someone who has uh, a letter winner who has graduated and their meritorious accomplishments in public or private life following graduation have brought positive public recognition, credit, and honor to Baylor and the Athletics Department. And this year's Wall of Honor uh, honoree certainly fits that to a T. It is Dr. Michael Addis, former football player and retired chief of cardiology at Hillcrest Baptist Medical Center, who founded the Medical Humanities Program at Baylor. He is the latest addition to the B Association Wall of Honor. And from Colorado, Dr. Addis joins us this morning. And Dr. Addis, welcome to you and uh, congratulations on the honor. Thank you so much, John. It's uh, uh, beyond words, really, for me to express what this means to me. And sorry, I can't be in Waco to do this in person, but uh, my wife and I are here for the summer and enjoying things and uh, uh, feel so uh, optimistic about uh, this country's future and Baylor's future. I think we're all in good hands. Well, I certainly understand Colorado in August. Colorado in the summer is a really good option. And uh, you, you, uh, that's a regular uh, stop for you, right, in the summer to be in Colorado? Yes, sir. Uh, we've had some property up here for quite a while and then when i retired four years ago we spend try to spend two or three months every summer up here we have four grandchildren in waco that uh, call us back and uh, we like to get back there for their school year and athletic events as well as Baylor athletic events so ah. we'll be coming home soon we're not sure exactly when that that's great and isn't it great that we have uh events to talk about you know right now football is on for the fall here at baylor i'm sure you've watched uh, all of those proceedings uh, with great interest Yes, it's been interesting, and I'm not. Uh, I've talked with Mac Rhodes and some people in the athletic program as well as the university, and I think the Big 12 is making a good call. Uh, it's it's uh, a scary situation, but we're doing everything we can to to make prudent, wise, good scientific decisions, but also let our student athletes participate. And uh, if we have to lock back down, then we do it. But uh, for right now, I think we're on the right track. I don't want to uh, to get too deep into the weeds here, but but with your background in cardiology, uh, part of the COVID that I really didn't know about until a few weeks ago was uh, you know was the uh, the cardiac issues that are that are potentially a factor in that. Um, how much do you know about that? You know, it's very interesting because I have been very interested in what we call post-viral myocarditis for. 20 or 25 years. Hmm. I actually went through a phase maybe 20 years ago where I did uh, cardiac biopsies, that is putting a catheter in through the leg, up into the heart with a little pincher forcep and take microscopic pieces of heart tissue to look for inflammatory cells. And we've known for some time that a lot of viruses can cause 
inflammation, and then once that inflammation goes away, a small percentage of those people get scar tissue in their heart muscle, mm. leading to congestive heart failure. So we're all worried in the cardiology world that we're going to see some of these relatively mild cases of what we would call subclinical myocarditis come back three or four years later with bad hearts, mm. and that's that's going to be a real problem. So the quicker we can get a handle on the inflammatory response, both in general as well as the specific uh, heart issues, the, the more we can treat uh, kind of proactively rather than uh, after the fact. Because once heart muscle starts to scar down, uh, you're really looking at uh, very good, uh, not very good treatment options. Yeah. Um, a lot of those people wind up needing a heart transplant. Wow, really interesting. And I know Mac takes it very seriously. I mean, when he he brought mm-hmm. it up, he's the first one I heard from about this. Uh, Mac Rhodes, our athletic director, I, I know he really factors that in into uh, the decisions that are being ra- made right now about playing or not playing. I think that's very wise. I mean, I think the world of, of Mac and the job he's done, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have a really good way to diagnose uh heart inflammation at this point. Even PET scanning or MRI scanning uh, can only show if the heart's actually enlarged and starting to fail. Uh, But in the early stages, you wouldn't pick that up on on routine imaging technology. So uh, we really need uh, some kind of modality to target these athletes that might have a very mild case of myocarditis that are at risk. Dr. Michael Addis is with us, selection for the B Association Wall of Honor this year. I love as part of your resume, you played for Catfish Smith's freshman team at Baylor in 1965. You know, when I hear the name Catfish Smith, boy, it just brings a smile to my face. Uh, I'm sure that was an experience for you. I'm here grinning like everything. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) That must have been a great experience. He was a mess, and I loved him (laughs) like a father. He uh, gave me a chance when some People might have thought I was too small. Uh, We actually became, interestingly enough, when I came back to Waco, he became a patient of mine. And and I was doing a procedure on him, and I I probably shouldn't say this because of HIPAA, but I know (laughs) his family would still love the story. But uh, his arteries were very tortuous. So the artery from the leg to the heart, most people, it's a pretty straight shot. It takes two or three minutes to get a tube up into the heart to do your work. Well, his I told him, I said, catfish yarders are like a road map of East Texas. They twist and turn and don't go anywhere. <laughs> and that's from East Texas, he loved that. Yeah. Oh, that's great. What a character he was. And uh, so your football career uh, was short-lived because of injuries. Mm-hmm. And uh, was that tough when you had to, to give up playing football? You know, um, emotionally, um, that's a good question. I'll have to be frank. I loved athletics. I knew that, you know, I was too small and uh, and I uh, pro football was not going to be an option. So um, uh, it was letting go a part of my identity. And, like, any time that happens, whether it's a vocational identity or a change in careers or loss of athletics, um, it, it was a little bit of a setback for me emotionally. Sure. But uh, I replaced that energy with academics and uh, 
open some doors, and there you go. Well, I should say, uh, B.A. in psychology from Baylor in 1969, Ph.D. from UT Medical Branch in Galveston four years later. And then, I mean, I think of you as uh, Dr. Addis' uh, uh, cardiologist, but Masters of Divinity from the Episcopal Theological Seminary of the Southwest in 1999. I didn't know that part about uh, theological seminary as part of your resume. Yes, it's kind of an interesting, and I'll make it short. Uh, I had done some adjunct teaching at Baylor in medical ethics for Dr. Dan McGee, uh, expi- uh, uh, passed away now, a religion professor, as well as Dr. Bill Hillis, who I'm sure you knew. I did, uh, yes, absolutely. Affairs and biology professor. And, and they had asked me, I'd sat in on some classes and lectured for them, and they had asked me, well, so what do you what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd like to get more involved with teaching. And so kind of the three of us actually brainstormed along with some other people, Dr. Baird, chairman of philosophy, Dr. Pennington, chairman of chemistry, about cobblestoning together a curriculum for medical humanities. So uh, that committee uh, with Dr. Smeltikoff, who was uh, provost at the time, and Dr. Sloan, came up uh, with the idea of a medical humanities program, and we started off slowly, not knowing if it would catch on, not knowing what the medical schools would think, not knowing whether the students would even even take the classes. And uh, much to our surprise, it just really, really took off. Uh, We've been very, very, very pleased with the trajectory of the course, uh, the curriculum. It's it's in good hands now since I left. Dr. Lauren Barron is uh, MD physician in Waco, who's director. And we now have several hundred students working towards a degree in medical humanities. So it's good for Baylor, and it's good for Texans. And am I correct that that program, the Medical Humanities Program, was the first of its kind when you uh, founded that? Right. There had been, it's a little interesting short story, there had been in the late 90s a few medical schools that had uh, taken courses or classes in medical humanities uh, just as part of their attempt to make a more holistic, well-rounded physician. Um, But it kind of dawned on some of us at Baylor that, the time of what we call formation, that is when young men and women, their character is formed, the way they perceive the worldview is formed. Um, kind of the college years are when all that stuff is really fermenting. And uh, that's uh, we seem, we thought that that would be a right age group to really get kids to try to integrate uh, their worldview, their Christian faith, their, their cultural heritage uh, into their practice of medicine and not compartmentalize that inner life with the outer life of the sciences. So, um, and it turned out I think we were onto something. Now, I'm really not sure how many undergraduate pre-med students are taking medical humanities, but I would say there's several dozen. Wow. And we were the first. Wow, fascinating. It really is. So add to that uh, long list of accomplishments. Uh, you're an author also. Uh, you're an expert fly fisherman and uh, wrote, a, <laughs> wrote a book on the subject also. Yes, yes. Uh, I actually was out fishing yesterday. I caught some beautiful fish. Nice. uh, I love to fly fish. I took it up in medical school. Uh, My roommate and subsequent brother-in-law from Brownwood, Texas, is an oncologist, married my sister. And uh, he introduced me to fly fishing and took it up 50-something years ago and fell in love with it and I'm passionate about it. So about that. It's the book itself was interesting because I, I did not go seeking to write a book on this. My nephew was finishing his doctoral thesis on uh, environmental ethics, and in part of his academic course, he, he came around across a Jewish rabbi 
who was writing a book on spirituality and fly fishing and wanted a Christian co-author. And so my nephew put me in touch with uh, Rabbi Eric Eisenkramer, and uh, we found the publisher was all gung-ho about it, and a year later we had it ready. Wow. How about that? And uh, tell me, you retired as chief cardiologist from Hillcrest. uh, How long ago? Was that four or five years ago? About four years ago. Four years, okay. Four years ago, I've been fully retired. I've okay. kept my license. I do, do a little bit of teaching and consulting at our local uh, family practice residency center in Waco uh, when I'm in town, and I do a little bit of volunteer work for a, a nonprofit uh, healthcare system in the valley where we stay in Colorado. So, okay. A uh, little, little bit of activity in medicine. I, I do miss it. It's um, it's kind of like that when we were talking earlier about miss, missing athletics. It becomes part of your identity. Sure, sure. Uh, there's not a week that goes by that I don't have a dream about one of my patients. Huh. Wow. Well, we don't want to take up any more of your time uh, for you there in Colorado, but congratulations on being selected to the Wall of Honor. I, I know you know the significance of that and the names that are on that list. And uh, congratulations. It's, it's a tremendous and very deserving honor for you. Well, I would, I've been very humbled, I, and I had a nice lunch with uh, Walter Abercrombie before we left for the summer. I, I said, Walter, I, uh, you know, my athletic career was nothing to write about, <laughs> and uh, I loved it, and that meant a lot to me. I had a, a very good experience as a freshman, but I knew that time would come to an end, And uh, but it is, I think without my experience as an athlete at Baylor, I would not have... Uh, been the human being I am today, for, oh. for better or worse, wow. whatever that is. Boy, that's terrific. Right. I'm very grateful for Baylor. Uh, Dr. Addis, it's great to catch up with you. Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully so we'll much. see you. We'll see you when you come back we'll to Central you, Texas. See you this fall. Let's yes, sir. Get together for coffee. Okay. Look forward to it. Yes, Thanks sir. So Thank you very much for your time. Thanks so much, John. All right, thanks. You bet. Bye. Bye.